John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. We'd like to take a minute to thank our pals over at Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. Buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. High Gain listeners get 10% off using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, this is Ed Peterson. And this is John Kiltica. And this is the High Gain Podcast, John Kiltica. Oh, man, that's going to be so great, Ed. Yeah? Yeah? Are we going to talk about guitars? Oh, we're going to talk about guitars and how. Are we going to talk about maybe pedals? Maybe maybe amps? I don't know. We've got some pedals here. Okay, cool. Where are you recording from, John? I am from my COVID basement in beautiful West Seattle, Washington. Hell yeah. My bunker. What about you? I'm in beautiful West Seattle in my COVID basement as well. I've been cleaning up more and more. It's getting there. I have a drum kit, and I think I'm just going to sell it because it's not even set up. I don't play it. I don't need drums, do I? I hear you. But programming drums, that shit's hard. (laughs) I don't know how to do that. The drums just take up a lot of space is the thing. That is true. I was looking at rental places in France. Oh. What do you think about that, John? I think that's great, but I mean, like... uh... Next year, post-COVID, like whenever they let fucking stupid Americans back into their country. I don't think you can even go there right now. That might be true, yeah, on account of the dumb. I think they're keeping us out for a combination of we're stupid and a lot of us are sick. They'll probably let us come back in when we're just stupid. I wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) How can you mend a broken heart? How can you stop the rain from falling down? How can you stop the sun? What makes the world go round? Beverages. Beverages, Ed. 
Uh, what song was that? That was uh, How Can You Mend a Broken Heart by the Bee Gees. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> you know, it totally had a, like, oh, I know this song, but then it had a, I'm not sure I totally know this song thing going on. You know, the Bee Gees are from Australia, Ed. Sure. Maurice, Barry, and Larry? I think it's Larry, yeah. No. Wasn't there Andy? Andy's the younger brother. Andy's not a Bee Gees. Yes. Maurice? Maurice, too? I'm pretty sure that's right. I think we've lost at least half of the Gibb brothers. Robin is the other. Is he gone, too? We lost Robin May of 2012 at 62 years old. But Barry, we've still got him. Oh, that's great. Man, there's four brothers, and three of the four, we've lost them. Uh Uh-huh. Those are rough numbers. So, RIP. That's right. What beverage do you have, Ed? I have your standard black coffee. Of course. And from our good friends to the north, Orca Beverages. Yes. I have a delicious, vintage, handcrafted Americana Huckleberry Soda. Huckleberry. Yeah, hell yeah. It don't get more American than that. Like Huckleberry Hound? Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's delicious. What do you got? I also have from our Jan stash from Orca Beverages an Oso Grape. O-so. Oso. Oh. Yeah. The slogan is Oso Delicious. Uh, I gotta tell you, it's pretty delicious. Yeah, is that true? It's true. It tastes very grapeish. Thanks, Jan, from Orca Beverages. Thanks, Jan. We've been saying, like, thanks, Jan, for, I don't know, a month or something. Uh-huh. And we've never bothered to actually thank Jan. <laughs> We're just assuming she's listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know that she's actually tuning into the high gain, but we do appreciate it. Maybe we should uh, shoot her an email and say, hey, not for nothing, but we've been thanking you for like the last two months. <laughs> so the Gibbs yeah. are Australian. They are. I don't know why you played a Australian beverage song. Well, Ed, today I have... Boy, that sounds good. A Gretsch. Mm. This is a brand new Gretsch. I have just enough context clues. I've been dropping them for you. To know what that is now. Australian and Gretsch. Yes. I'm going to say that's the Malcolm Young Gretsch. It is is this is a malcolm young signature jet yeah 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 and those are cool because they have the like pickups pulled out and then just the cavity there right you are correct ed this thing would have come with two pickups in it first thing malcolm did was added a third pickup carved out the middle and stuck a humbucker in there perfect what's our guy malcolm young up to these days Oh, Malcolm, unfortunately, we lost him. We lost him. It was uh, very sad. Malcolm had dementia. That's a bummer. His guitar would have started out with two DeArmin filter drones. Right. He added the third humbucker. Yep. Eventually, he didn't like that. He pulled it out, and while he was at it, he pulled out the neck pickup. Sure. While you're in there. Yeah, so now it's only got one pickup. Then he decided he didn't like the original color. (laughs) It was originally red. 
So he stripped the red off of it. Sure. Then he didn't like the whole tremolo system it had on it. His happened to have the burns system. So he pulled that out and made it a hardtail. Yep. But then he decided against that and put it back. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, but left the arm off. <laughs> it's got the burns tremolo, but it doesn't do anything. Nice. <laughs> And then the bridge, at one point he took that off, it's a floating bridge, and put a badass bridge on there. Then he didn't like that either, so he put the floating bridge back. Man. And there are all kinds of knobs and switches. He pulled those all out, and those are just covered up with little pieces of silver and metal. Oh, they're actually like <laughs> plugs. I'm looking at some pictures. Exactly. I thought they were still switches that were, but no, they're just like plugging the hole up. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, isn't that great? Wow. The only thing really left okay. on the bottom horn, there's a knob that is a master volume. And then down by the bridge, just volume and tone and one pickup. That's it. That's what you get. Master volume as opposed to the volume knob when there's only one pickup. Yeah. <laughs> Malcolm Young, Eddie Van Halen. And there's probably more that were just like DIYing their guitars, but very few of them, I think, left them looking so shitty. <laughs> it seems like at that point, he could have just called Gretsch and they would have just sent him any configuration he would have wanted, but he just did it himself. They did do one like that. So imagine this thing with all its holes and plugs in it removed. Right. No master volume, no holes where the switches used to be, no holes where the pickups used to be. Yep. It's just this plain wood thing. Yep. Pretty cool looking. I just think it's really great. He's a rock star, you know, and he's just sitting at the fucking kitchen table, you know, like it looks like he just knocked the hell out of this thing. No idea what the hell he was doing. <laughs> We've recorded a little bit, you and I together. Yeah. And you're like go to when you're just standing there and like fucking around. You have a lot of ACDC riffs that you just pull out. Yeah. <laughs> that is kind of a go to thing for you, which is pretty great. When I first started learning how to play guitar, I took lessons. I was 12. The teacher I had at that point said, well, you know, I'm going to teach you all the scales and all that kind of stuff, but I find it's more useful if you can have something to pin that knowledge to. Pick something and I'll teach you how to play it, and then we can talk about the underlying scales and things. So I brought in the Back in Black album mm -hmm. and asked uh, to learn all of it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like how soon that started. That's great. Those guys, they're Australian. They know what's up. The young clan are actually Scottish. Okay. And their dad was working blue-collar jobs in Glasgow, Scotland, and then decided to move to Australia. Mm-hmm. Australia had the assisted passage migration scheme, mm. but it was also the populate or perish policy. Whoa. So the people that came were called 10-pound palms. You know how the British do that rhyming slang thing? No, I don't know what you're talking about. Give me an example of this. You know, like the Bob's your uncle shit. What does that even mean? 
(laughs) (laughs) I do like Bob's your uncle, and I have no idea what it means. Yeah, me neither. Cool. So palm is short for pomegranate. Okay. It rhymes with immigrant, pomegranate, immigrant, whatever. Okay. For 10 pounds, the Australian government would pay for British people to come to Australia. So the Australians called them 10-pound palms. 10 pounds. That's like 500 bucks in today dollars. You could just emigrate to that country. Yep. For 500 bucks. Yeah. Great. Children were free. Man. And you're a citizen. Let's go. 1945 to 1972, a million people came. Wow. With their families. Okay. They were promised work, housing, you know, lifestyle stuff. But once they got there, the housing was kind of like migration hostels. Mm. The jobs were not immediately available. And you had to stay two years or you had to pay back that 500 bucks. Okay. So about a quarter of them went home. But of that quarter that went home, yeah, half of them came back again. Hmm. Maybe they were like, yeah, that weather was kind of nice, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. They became known as boomerang palms. Oh, cool. Yeah. Among these people that came to do this in 1963 was Mr. Young and all his boys. The Young clan. Yeah. At the time, Malcolm would have been 10. I think right now, New Zealand sounds pretty good. How many months did they go with zero cases of COVID? Good long while. And then the country had three cases and they shut down. And guess how many they have now? Zero. What's that duck thing called? The the platypus. Duck-billed platypus. That thing has poisonous venom enough to kill a dog. Wow, cool. Yeah, so you're out walking your dingo, <laughs> and the platypus comes out and, like, bites your dingo. Right. Bye-bye, dingo. See ya, dingo. I've got on this guitar, on this Malcolm Young signature jet, Yeah, our favorite overdrive pedal, the 1981 DRV. Yeah, those are great. I've got it set to its lowest setting. Okay. It really does the ACDC proud. Yeah. Boy, listen to that. Listen to this. Yeah. Can you hear that? Yes. That's a 1981 DRV pedal. Uh-huh. Going through a Vox AC30. <laughs> And a Ernie Ball Music Man St. Vincent signature model. Wank on that whammy bar. Let me hear it. Ooh. And this. That sounds really good. That's a mood pedal. Slip mode. Always in slip mode. Nice. Did you say this thing's brand new? Yeah, this is a new one. And this particular example we got from Uncle Frank and the boys over at ThunderRoadGuitars.com. Love it. I should say. Yeah. Superfan Ken. Yeah, Ken Labar. Yeah, requested this. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. I like it when people request stuff. Do you know how the jet came to be? The jet, not the Malcolm Young jet. Right. Seems like we've done a jet. We have. Okay. The company itself was begun by Friedrich Gretsch. Okay. That was uh, 1883. Uh, He founded it in Brooklyn. Gretsch, New York. Yeah. He's doing all kinds of instruments and stuff until 1895. Whoops. Old Friedrich? Yeah. 
39 years old. Oh, man. I don't know if he got hit by a horse and carriage or something. Dropsy. Oh, the dropsy. That'll get you every time. Consumption. The scurvy. Yep. So he leaves it to his son, Fred. Okay. Only 15 when he inherits his company. But I guess he did okay because they started branching out and making all different kinds of instruments until 1942, Fred retires. Okay. He gives the company to Fred Jr. Waffle keeps barking and it's bugging the shit out of me. I'll be right back. That dog was being hella dumb, so he's sitting here with me. What's up, Waff? You know what I'm doing? Yes. I'm taking a selfie of me and the Waff. Ooh. Okay. You were talking about Gretsch stuff? Founded by Friedrich Gretsch, now dead. Oh. Given to Fred. 1942, Fred retires. He gives it to Fred Jr. Fred Jr. decides he's going to get his World War II on. Oh, sure. He gives it to Bill. Yes. But then in 1948, Bill dies. Oh, no. Yeah, so then it reverts back to Fred Jr., who is by that point back from getting his war on. Sure. This is how this guitar comes into being, Ed. Okay. Those cats over at Gibson in 1952? Yeah. They put out the Les Paul. Yes, they do. So Gretsch is like, oh, fuck, we don't have a solid body guitar. We need to make a solid body guitar and quick. Uh-huh. So they did it. The Duo Jet comes out in 1953, just a year later. Cool. And it's a single cutaway. It's semi solid because I don't think they wanted anything that weighed as much as that Les Paul action. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. Those are my dudes. They know what's up. Yeah. And they covered it in the same kind of plastic material that they put on their drums. The Sparkle. The very first one was black. But yeah, they did Silver Sparkle. Yeah. And they had the large block inlays, the master volume, all that kind of stuff. Originally, though, the Jets had single coils in them. Okay. Late 50s, early 60s, they switched from single cutaway to double cutaway. Yeah. They switched from those single coil type pickups to filtertrons. Yes. uh, Which are meant to sound more like humbuckers. And they put the Burns vibrato on it instead of the Bigsby. Okay. Yeah. So this one that Malcolm got was red. That's part of why it was called the Firebird. But at the time, Gretsch called it oriental red Ooh, yeah come on guys it's a different time is what the apologists would say the irony of that yeah is that that description appeared in the 1955 catalog and the slogan on the front of the catalog said guitars for moderns (laughs) i'm a modern well if you're a modern then you might like this oriental red guitar no god And this particular one, the Firebird and the Oriental Red, was said to be, quote, for the progressive guitarist. Racist prog rock, sure. Love it. Boy, that sure does sound good, Ed. Yeah? Are you into it? Yeah. By 1963, the Silver Jet is discontinued. Okay. The Jet would go on to have changes made to it over the years. It's really hard to keep track of what all they did. Sure. A lot of Jets out there. Sure. I really like this one. It plays really well. Let's talk about that, Ed. Yeah. This thing has the holes in the body and has the plugs where the switches and knobs used to be. Uh, Has the half a tremolo, but otherwise... 
it is the same features as any jet of the era would have been. Three on the side tuners, the thumbnail inlays on the neck. Very cool. A zero fret binding on the front, binding on the neck, binding on the headstock. Yep. Can I give you my impression of that guitar without picking it up and playing it and everything? Yes. What I said earlier was, I think it's really cool that this guy was like a rock star and he did a bunch of DIY shit to make this guitar the way he wanted it. Yeah. I think that's awesome. I think it's pretty weird taking that ethos and then mass producing it and selling it to dudes who are like fans of that guy. If you're a fan of that guy, maybe adopt the ethos of taking a guitar and making it your own instead of buying a copy of his guitar. Totally agree. (laughs) Like, we're going to reproduce this guitar warts and all. Like, why would you do that? Money is why you would do it. Sure. I just think if you're any kind of actual Malcolm Young fan, buying that guitar is the last thing Malcolm Young would do. He would never do that. I agree. There's only two people that would buy that guitar, I feel like. Maybe I don't have a great handle on market demographic stuff. It's either Malcolm Young fans or collectors who want to hold on to it for a really long time and flip it. I feel like there's very few people who would walk into a store, see that guitar with all the holes in it and everything, and go like, oh, that's really cool. I have no idea who Malcolm Young is. Right. That demographic, if it exists, it's very small. The thing that's nice about the sound of this is that it's already semi-hollow. It's like chambered out in there. But once he removed the two pickups, now it's just a big fucking hole in the top of it. And you can see into the chamber and how far back it goes and everything. It lends an interesting ring, almost, I wouldn't say acoustic, but... That's pretty cool. Nice work, Malcolm. Just hitting chords on it. I have a whole new respect for the filter-drawn pickup. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Malcolm never used pedals. Just straight into the amp? Straight into a Marshall. That's a pretty good tone, I suppose. Would you get one of these, not the Malcolm one, but just a regular old stock double cutaway jet? Nope. Not your thing? Not my thing. You know, maybe I'm more millimetric and Baronic and Abernathy and, you know, smaller boutique guys. Right. What about you? You know, most people only have like one or two guitars, but the boutique stuff helps support people who are doing cool stuff and deserve a broader audience. Yeah, there you go. I think we did a great job. I'll make sure to put lots of pictures up of this thing. Yeah. So you guys, the viewers, can decide what you think of it. Yeah, that's definitely a guitar that I would like to see more detailed shots of what it actually looks like. We're still in this boat that I never get to actually see these things live and in person much, you know? Yeah. Yep. If you go to our Instagram at the high gain, that's where we post the vast majority of our photos. I'll make sure to uh, have a whole bunch up there. Hell yeah. I'm going to post a picture of me and Waffle on the podcast. On the Instagrams? Yeah. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to post a picture of Waffle and I Yes. right now. So then in a couple days when you're listening to the podcast, you can look at the timestamp on that photo and go, oh, that's when John and Ed recorded that. What's that thing where you nerd out walking around the neighborhood with a compass looking for shit? Geocaching. Yeah. Geocaching for guitar podcasts. That's exactly right. That's what we're offering you today. 
I just hit the little plus button on the Instagram. So I'm posting right now. Well, then I guess it's up to me to say that you can also go to thehighgain.com and look at some stuff. You can go to Facebook. Ed, have you noticed the increased Pinterest activity? I noticed you talked about increased Pinterest activity. I've yet to actually go and look. I just don't pay attention. Between that and the Twitters and the LinkedIn's and all that, uh, viewers, we're all over the place. The nice thing is I can spend a little more time on social media for the high game because Mark Zuckerberg put me into a timeout. Why'd they do that? I was calling Nazis fucking assholes and I got in trouble. Because <laughs> you can't badmouth the Nazis on Facebook. Hey, Mark Zuckerberg, I've got a, a brown shirt you can have. Yeah, exactly. I got an extra pair of Stormtrooper boots you can have. Lick on these, BB. Yeah. Okay, bye. Okay, bye, Ed.